Welcome everybody to Weiss Camera Action, the triumphant return. I am your host, Aaron Weiss, alongside the King of Corridan, Alex Weiss. Nobody can see me waving. <laughs> I'm also alongside the Duchess of Dunwoody and the Sage of Sandy Springs, Erica Jane Lavender. Hi, everyone. Erica, since our last recording, a major update in our relationship has happened. For sure. We're engaged. Oh, I was going to do a drum roll. Oh, whoops. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she, we. Uh, it's crazy to think we haven't done an episode since we've been engaged. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. We've been engaged like, holy crap. About four, four months. months. Wow. Longer than four months. Longer than four months. Wow. Yeah. And we're getting married in uh, less than 10 weeks. So uh, be on the lookout for the special episode of Weisscast live from the honeymoon. Where I will finally be a Weiss in the Weisscast. It will be true. very exciting. You're not going to pause from the for the honeymoon? No. Alex, the grind don't stop. <laughs> Even though we have been on a hiatus for four months, it will not stop for the honeymoon. <laughs> it's been longer than four. It's been like a six-month hiatus for Weisscast and probably five for, for Weiss Camera Action. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex, how, how have you been doing? Good, 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 good. I, it's uh, been a longer hiatus for you. Yeah, what, the, January? Yeah, so probably seven months or so. Yeah, I've completed four classes. Nice. And I'm on break right now. Much needed nice. break. Nice. Sweet. Good to hear. Good yeah, to I hear. Did 24 straight weeks of classes, which is, I don't been know. Been there. <laughs> I've been there. Um, you enjoying the program, though? Mm hmm. Good. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to it being done already. But, but <laughs> Senioritis, four classes in. I, I don't know if I technically have a grade. It's a two-year program, and I'm not going all two years. Well, it's... Or both. I don't know what else to call it besides senioritis. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well... You can have a senioritis beer at any, at any age level. That's any true. grade level. That's true. But you know what? This is not education cast. This is Weiss Camera Action, the show where each and every week, Erica, me, and you a, a third person, sometimes it'll be Alex, uh, review movies that Hold we've up. recently. Yes? It's not every week. It's bi-monthly now. No. Well, eh, no. Nah. So, like... Or bi-weekly. I think it'll be weekly, right? Because if we do... Yeah, not we... to spoil it for the, uh, the listeners. Oh, you, wait, wait, wait. You said you're going to do an entire trilogy in one month? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mis- I misunderstood. Never mind. Never mind. No, yeah, it's weekly. So at the beginning of each month, we're going to watch a movie that just came out in theaters and review it. And then we'll go through a trilogy the next few weeks of the month. And then the cycle will start over. Yeah, and I, I'm planning on being what we're calling, I guess, the, the special brand new movie episodes because I can release yeah. once a month, which will be a lot of fun. Um, 
so yeah, I guess that's our our housekeeping. It's going to be this pretty much the same format. Um, we just might not necessarily. Well, I'm not going to rule out other types of movie series besides trilogies that so we could. Yeah, um, I agree. Well, we could, could do, pick on the MCU. Yeah. <laughs> you could do two month, two months of like six movies, like three one month, three the next month. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, Mission Impossible. There's six of them. It's true. We could do a four movie series and then a movie and its sequel mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to make it six. Who knows? Who knows? The world's our oyster. The world's our oyster, uh, for sure. But this week. As you might have noticed from the title of the episode, we are reviewing Jungle Cruise, starring Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt. Rock the Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Got some fun facts for you guys. This, uh, of course, was based on the Disneyland ride of the same name, and um, it had a budget of $200 million, and so far in its opening weekend has only grossed $14 million. Um, but that does not take into account the Disney plus, um, right. Subscriptions, uh, usually like I know black widow got 80 million it's opening weekend and then another 60 million from Disney plus. So I'm big viewership there. So are they counting? the disney plus premiere access as box office i i think they're kind of counting it separately and that's actually interesting not to get on a tangent but that's like why scarlett johansson is Mm -hmm. suing disney um because of her contract probably says box office Mm -hmm. and there i don't think that they're counting disney plus towards box office so it's kind of like a loophole in the contract Mm. So, they're so Disney kinda, gets to pocket more. Yeah, money. yeah, they're like kind of screwing her out of some money, but um, not to get on that tangent. This is not justice for justice for Starjo <laughs> cast, or is it tangent cast? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, I. Oh, most of it was filmed in Atlanta on uh, soundboards. Um, yeah, they used a lot of blue screens. And the parts that were actually Amazon, (laughs) the parts that were actually outside were actually filmed in Hawaii. So they didn't film in the Amazon at all. Whoa. um, Which I thought was kind of cool, but also kind of lame. Maybe Brazil has. uh, It's like difficult to film there. I don't know. Can you guys Um, can either of you name all of the Disney movies based on Disney rides slash attractions? uh haunted mansion pirates of the caribbean um tomorrowland jungle cruise what else am i missing you're missing the country bears oh country bears and tower of terror Um, why does tower of terror bait like what movie is based on tower of terror it's just called tower of terror like oh yeah, the attraction is in Disney World, and it's right. a haunted tower. Right. And, I know of their ride. I've never heard of that movie. Hmm. It was a TV movie. Ah. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Was it a DCOM? Yeah. Okay, mm. yeah. Should be on your list, then. 
Should be. Um, but yeah, so this is the latest in the Disney desperately wanting to make money off of their rides without people going to Disneyland. Um, and this is, in a lot of people's opinion, including mine, the first one that has really worked since uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. So that being said, um, Alex, what are your thoughts and impressions? Like, what what do you think about the movie? Well, it started off really strong, and I like that uh, Frank's uh, Rock the Dwayne Johnson's ride. Uh, his little tour guide thing was like a. F- uh, it looked like a Disneyland attraction in the mm-hmm. movie, where he was like pulling levers and shooting things to make things happen. And then he had the the natives there to scare the people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is cool. So I I like I like when things kind of went in that direction. But uh, I don't know. There, there was something about the movie that seemed a little forgettable after all was said and done. Yeah, I mean... In a lot of ways, it was a movie that had kind of been done before. Like, yeah. people were really drawing ties to The Mummy. Mm-hmm. Um, I was drawing ties to, like, Pirates of the Caribbean. Erica brought up um, National Treasure. Mm-hmm. Um, and it did feel a lot like a mixture of those movies. Um, even the score, to me felt like a light like a late 90s early 2000s like kind of cheesy action movie like for the family Mm -hmm. Uh, in a lot of ways this movie felt like it came out like 20 years too late yeah i i Um, was i told chelsea after we saw it i was like this seems like it should have come out in like 2006 or 2007 mm -hmm. just because they had like those kind of weird 300 type of shots like the speed up and slow down, just a yeah. few of them. Yes. But overall, I I enjoyed the movie. I mean, I don't regret seeing it in theaters. Oh no. I think it was a decent like it was a decent like return to theaters in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like um it was fun to Old see. notwithstanding. <laughs> yeah. Um I think that there, there were some times when the chemistry between the cast was really good and sometimes when it was just bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd like to hear from Erica, her thoughts. Um, there was, okay, so overall, I did really like it. I thought it was just like an entertaining movie. It wasn't hard to follow. And like, it wasn't like... I don't think, like, the most incredible movie I've ever seen, but I just really thought it was a fun movie. Um, The one thing that I didn't love was Emily Blunt's character. And it's not because I thought that she was, like... um, I don't think that she was badly written, necessarily. Maybe a little bit. Like, I think she could have been written better in some ways. But I think that she just... She didn't come across... I don't remember how I explained to you why I didn't like her. I remember saying that to you after we saw it, but 
Um, yeah, I, I really liked her dynamic with Dwayne The Rock Johnson, but I didn't really, I don't know. She I, just was kind of annoying I to remember, me, I guess. I remember you saying that you kind of wish it was like either like a local or like a native girl's ambition. Mm, yes, yes. That's, um, that's to find the treasure as opposed to like some, you know, upper class. British woman kind of inserting herself into yeah. into like a legend that really had nothing to do with like her life at all. I feel like it could have been even more compelling if it was like a woman who was like native to the Amazon and we were following her story. Mm-hmm. So that's what it was. Thank you. Because yeah. I was like, it's not really a knock against like Emily Blunt's acting or how Lily was written or anything like that. I think it just could have maybe been a different perspective that we were getting in the movie. That's what it was. Thank you. And that, I, that in a lot of ways would also have made the villain more compelling. Um, Prince Joaquin. Mm-hmm. Um, just like, I know at the, at the time, like World War One, Germany wasn't necessarily like this, like, um, I guess racist state, like they weren't necessarily known for that, like they were for World War Two. Mm-hmm. But it still would have been a little like pretty compelling, like the German crown going after this thing to help them win the war against, you know, just this, you know, Brazilian woman going after something that was part of her people's history. Right. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you in a lot of ways on, on that front. And I think that's also kind of what made it seem like a late 90s, early 2000s movie is like it's always an adventurer from like England or America going after a treasure that like is part of native culture right or whatever but yeah I mean, it it was fun it was a it was a decent popcorn movie um and for the most part the CGI was good not the yeah. panther or the leopard oh, thing yeah, yeah the, the leopard thing was not great looking um <laughs> But I mean, I think the leopard looked better than like the lions in Lion King. I haven't seen that. And I agree with you. It's not. I have a question related to what you're you're talking about. Was there anybody besides the snake dude that was uh, Latino, Latina, uh, Hispanic, Brazilian? Oh, that's a good question. I don't. I don't think there was. Um, hmm. not in the top billing for sure. I mean, it was kind of hard to tell because his other conquistadors were, um, <laughs> like they were obstructed He's... enough that you couldn't really tell like what their skin tone was or what their, their like ethnicity, ac- ethnicity yeah. or accent was like. Yeah. Whenever they talked, they didn't necessarily sound like, but for sure the main conquistador guy um, yeah. sounded. And of course, Dwayne Johnson's kind of ambiguous. He's, in a lot Pacific, of ways. he's a Pacific Islander. Yeah, he's half Pacific Islander, half black, but like he like looked kind of convincing as a conquistador. And yeah, so like that's what <laughs> I mean by this ambiguous. Did it look kind of weird for him to have hair and a beard? <laughs> yeah, it did. 
But that's just because we're so used to him being bald, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it looked good, but I was like, wait, he's got hair and a beard. I wonder if that was interesting for him to film. Like, he's probably not used to wearing a wig. Mm -hmm. And it was a classic Dwayne Johnson movie because they, uh, everyone commented on how big he was. Like, that's like his, his shtick. It's like, oh my gosh, you're huge. <laughs> and also unkillable. <laughs> Oops. And also unkillable, <laughs> which they worked that into the plot. Speaking of the plot. Yeah, what's this movie about? We got a little plot. So, in the in the 16th century, uh, Don Aguirre leads the Spanish conquistadors to South America to search for the Tears of the Moon, a mythical tree whose petals can cure any illness. Whoa. This just freaked out. Um, <laughs> cure any illness, heal any injury, and lift any curse. Thank you. You're welcome. After most men die in the jungle, the survivors are nursed back to health by a local tribe using the tree petals. When they refuse to reveal the location of the tree, the Spanish destroy the village. As punishment, the conquistadors become cursed by the village chief to never die and to never be able to leave sight of the river or of the jungle, or, or the jungle would take them back for all eternity. That's interesting. That's how they started the plot. Not that we need to analyze the plot like we used to always do. <laughs> <laughs> in 1916, London, Dr. Lily Houghton, I didn't know that was her last name, um, and her brother, McGregor, McGregor, <laughs> <laughs> present Lily's Tears of the Moon research to an association, the Royal Society of Explorers, uh, explaining that the petals could revitalize medicine and aid in the British war effort. The Houghtons request access to an arrowhead recovered by Dr. Albert Falls that Lily believes is the key to locating the tree. When the association denies their request, believing the tree is a myth and the female scientist is unqualified to join their ranks, Lily steals the arrowhead. She narrowly avoids Prince Joachim, a German aristocrat, aristocrat <laughs> everybody uh, who also wants the arrowhead to find the tree in south america frank wolf takes tourists on jungle river cruises which are embellished with fake dangers and corny jokes just like the uh, actual ride so i don't know if you guys knew this or not but apparently the skipper on the attraction jungle cruise is known for his really cheesy like dad jokes Oh, I didn't I know that. that. Yeah, so that's that's why there were so many just like really corny, just bad jokes. Yeah. Um, that's fun. When his boat engine is repossessed by the businessman Nilo, what? Why hadn't we talked about how little Paul Giamatti's in this movie? Like, I needed more Paul Giamatti. <laughs> I wanted him to team up with. Um, he's the like the Italian guy. Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted him to team up with Prince Joachim and like go after Frank and like, you know, like his motives are just getting back his money and his engine or whatever. But like Prince Joachim is like going after something so much bigger. Um, but anyways, Frank pretends to be Nilo and claims the tears of the moon is a myth and that she could not withstand the dangerous jungle. Oh, wait, I, I skipped something. Frank attempts to steal it back. Caught in the act by Lily, Frank pretends to be Nilo and claims the tears of the moon is a myth and that she could not withstand the dangerous jungle. He then backtracks after noticing Lily possesses the arrowhead. Frank's depiction or deception is revealed 
when the real Nilo shows up, but Lily hires Frank anyway after he underbids Nilo and bravely fights a jaguar. Sorry if I if I missed a question or something. I, I do agree. Paul, more Paul Giamatti would have been good. Oh, you're good. Like, you, you, you cut out or froze or something. Oh, I, hope I hope it's recording okay. Uh, Frank, Lily, and McGregor <laughs> depart on Frank's boat, but they are nearly intercepted by Nilo attempting to confiscate the engine by mercenaries hired by Joaquim to retrieve the arrowhead from Lily. And by Joaquim himself attacking in a German submarine. So After- Nilo and Joaquim were kind of working together? They just didn't work together that much? I guess. Um, after making their escape, it is revealed that the attacking Jaguar was actually Frank's pet, Proxima. Lily wonders if Frank can be trusted. Joaquim locates the cursed conquistadors whose bodies turn to stone due to them traveling too far from the river. And they have been infested over time by tree roots, snakes, and insects. Joaquim frees them by diverting the river and offers to help break them break the curse if they help retrieve the arrowhead. As Frank, Lily, and McGregor <laughs> continue down the river, they grow closer. McGregor tells Frank that he was nearly disowned by his family due to being gay. Although he never overtly says that. Uh, but it's, it's I mean I I know. It's just he never says the word. That's true. But Lily stood by him. Breaking into Frank's cabin, Lily finds photos and drawings of inventions such as the automobile, but also discovers drawings of the arrowhead and research on the tears of the moon. Lily accuses Frank of wanting the tree for himself, but he explains he gave up searching for it a long time ago and believed it can never be found. A tribe of cannibals attack them and demand the arrowhead but this is exposed as another of Frank's faked dangers. They are a friendly tribe he has an arrangement with. Frank apologizes and claims he was unable to call off the plan, but really, Lily rebuffs him. Trader Sam, the tribe's female leader, I didn't know that was her name. Me neither. Uh, translates the writing on the arrowhead, revealing the tree's location in that it only blooms under a blood moon. The conquistadors attack and take the arrowhead. Frank recovers it and gives it to Lily, but is fatally stabbed through the chest with a sword. Lily runs away from the river, so the Spaniards aren't able to follow her due to the curse's limits. The next morning, Lily discovers that Frank has miraculously survived. He reveals that his real name is Francisco, and he is one of the cursed conquistadors, unable to die or leave the river. The expedition to find the tree was originally a noble one to save Aguirre's sick daughter, Anna. But when the natives were attacked by the Spaniards, Frank switched his allegiance to help the villagers. After years of fighting, Frank trapped Aguirre and the others in a cave where the river could not reclaim them and where they became petrified. He then spent centuries searching for the tree to lift his own curse, but unable to find it without the arrowhead, he had finally given up. An injured McGregor 
stays behind with Trader Sam while Lily and Frank make the final journey to the tree. McGregor is captured by Joaquim and forced to reveal the tree's location. Joaquim breaks his arrangement with the cursed brigands and in order to by smashing bees. <laughs> yep. <laughs> in order to keep the petals for himself, but Frank, Lily, the Germans, and the Spaniards all walk into a bar. Uh, all converge on the tree while solving the puzzle the arrowhead is discovered to be a heart piece having a gem which after placing blooms under the tree in in the blood moon the moon passes as they fight and Lily is only able to recover one petal McGregor fights Joaquim who dies while Frank crashes his boat to block the river which turns himself, Aguirre, and the other Spaniards into stone. Lily expends the petal to revive Frank and break his curse. The moon breaks out one last ray of light and one petal blooms. Lily's research can proceed. Returning, I'm going to say returning to Britain, because at this point it's not not the United Kingdom, I don't think. Um, 1916? Yeah, I don't think it's the UK at that point. Um, The society is offered full membership to Lily, which she rejects via McGregor, who uses the opportunity to insult the society, saying that they are unworthy of the research or the tale of the trip or anything they learn by it. Primarily stories due to their chauvinism and insular nature. Lily fulfills her promise to show Frank all of London, and the movie ends as she gives him his first driving lesson in her automobile, where she herself delivers a corny joke worthy of Frank's admiration. So, that's the movie. That is Jungle Cruise. Um... Yeah, I I think we should give it some ratings. Or Alex, do you have a do you have a, a Darmok review? No. I didn't know we were gonna go full classic mode on this. Fair <laughs> I enough. didn't do any preparation outside of watching the movie. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, well, well, huh? I mean you wanna dissect and discuss it a little more? Sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I would like to talk about um, when, like, when it's revealed that um, Frank is 400 years old and all that, like, because for me, I was suspicious because I was already thinking it was reminding me of Pirates of the Caribbean in some ways. And then whenever i can't think of when exactly it was that i kind of was starting to think maybe i think it was when we saw the guy who was like covered in honey and had like bees and stuff and like all of the other conquistadors i was like i wonder if frank is one of them and then whenever frank got stabbed and like fell to his death i was like oh he's not dead he's probably like immortal and whenever they found him alive i was like so stoked because i was just well, very excited that my prediction she, was right. She pointed out that when Proxima attacked in that restaurant, when uh, Frank got bit like twice and he didn't bleed. Yeah. And um, 
he didn't bleed whenever he was stabbed. Um, yeah, I had just been suspicious of him. I was like, something's up. You know? Anyways, I just thought that was uh, interesting. And here I was thinking if the stab didn't kill him, the fall should have. Because he hit, like, <laughs> four branches and, like, a big rock. Right. <laughs> he hit himself. He did hit himself. He's just made of steel. Anyways, I'm usually very bad at predicting like little plot twists or like new developments in movies. So I was just pretty proud of myself for that one. So I just wanted to bring it up. Thank you all. <laughs> no, yeah, I was like, I, I didn't figure that that like he would die, or if he did die, I didn't think he would die just before the third act. Mm-hmm. Like I thought he would, he might die in like the end. Right. Um. But, yeah, I I didn't necessarily seeing him being a conquistador coming. Mm-hmm. What did you think, Alex? Um, I got two things. Like, mm-hmm. I after um, McGregor's speech in the beginning, he and he didn't really to me. He didn't seem to, like have that much of a purpose in the plot. He just seemed like excess baggage. And the, the whole movie was about Emily Dude, Blunt's character. Literally the rock. Baggage. <laughs> yeah, literally excess baggage. I was just like, what is he doing here besides distracting from the main two characters? Um, His character kind of helped round out Emily Blunt's character a little bit. Um, yeah. Especially like once that once he was like kind of telling um, Frank about like why he sticks around with Lily. Yeah, like, that kind of showed like a different side of Lily, but other than that, I think you're right. I was kind yeah. of comparing him to um, Riley and National Treasure. <laughs> <laughs> He's really, just like the sidekick that has funny lines and isn't really like super keen for the adventure like everyone else is, but he's just coming along with it because that's who he's with and whatever. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm just glad he didn't end up being whatever Will Turner's son's name was. <laughs> it's like, what was his? I, nobody knows. <laughs> that guy sucked. <laughs> um, the, the other thing was like I was like I was pretty much on board with all the story beats until until the end when. Um, Lily Sacker, like she gave up her flower, and I was like, "Oh, is she gonna? Are they? Is she just gonna throw away all her research just for this dude?" But then the the moon popped out and gave her another flower, so I was like, "Okay, her selfless act was redeemed." But I was like, "What? What? what are they just like? Is she just gonna just throw away like that entire every, adventure? That entire adventure just for this one guy?" He was already 400 years old. Like, he's right. lived in his life. <laughs> right. Right, and, yeah. Yeah, I guess I don't necessarily understand, like, the magic of, like, being turned to stone or whatever. Because, like, I guess he's would, was still technically alive. You know? But it's like, I guess it's... Because all he wanted to do was 
be put to rest, right? Mm-hmm. But like in my mind, if you're a stone, you can't do anything. You can't like think or anything. You know what I mean? Like you're pretty much dead. Yeah, I think that's what he wanted. I think because like I'm 400 years old, I'm ready to die. I think. So why did she save him? Because she wasn't ready for him to die. Because it's all about her. Because she loved him. <laughs> lame (laughs) but like think about it from her perspective from her perspective she just threw away all of her research and all her potential research yeah that's true yeah i think i i really liked them as like kind of like frenemies like back and forth bickering i didn't necessarily like them as like a like a romantic type couple, you know? Yeah. I liked their their bickering and camaraderie that they had in, like, you know, the end of the first act and all through the second act. Yeah. yeah. I honestly, I was wondering the whole time if they were going to end up, like, romantically together or if they just stay friends or, like, what the ending situation would be and I guess like if he's coming back to England with her like it makes sense like them being romantically together I don't know if like two buds would just want to like kick it in England together until they die <laughs> but that's the um, name of our new podcast two buds, two buds. buds. yeah <laughs> um yeah I yeah I would have been happy if the movie had ended either way with them just kind of like being besties for the resties or actually being romantically involved. Well, it seemed like they kind of tried to split the difference, didn't it? Like yeah. they, they didn't really, I don't, did they kiss? I don't remember. I think they did. I think, yeah, because they were definitely like getting us prepared for them to kiss when he was giving her breaths when they were underwater. Oh yeah. And then after he came back to life, when she put the pedal in his mouth, uh, they kissed again. That was like the first thing that happened. Which okay. was like such a Disney ending. I was like, of course. That was like, the... he's going to die. And then she's going to do some selfless act to bring him back. It was such a classic tangled Frozen any of those movies. No. Just like that. Well, not Frozen, though. Yeah, Frozen. No, Frozen's like famously not that. Well, it's not romantic, but it's still a, a sister makes a selfless act of love to save the other. Yeah. It's still like... But, yeah, that's, in my opinion, what made the movie feel like 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Also, you're frozen with your hands up right now. And it <laughs> he looks was real... like a mime in a box. Can you hear me? Yeah, we yes. can hear you just fine, but you're frozen with your hands up. You look like a mime. I'm a mime. <laughs> a mime's a terrible thing to waste. Um, yeah, I, I think if this movie... If this movie had come out in, like, 2001... I think people would be talking about this movie in the same like nostalgic vein as Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. I I agree to a certain extent. I feel like they might have changed it a little bit if it was in 2001. Like, uh, it, it almost felt a little too long in some oh, of the. Yeah, yeah, the movie could could have been cut down by 20 minutes, I think. I didn't know if I felt that way because 
so Aaron and I had a very interesting movie going experience seeing this movie like the power had been out earlier that day at the theater and so um like when we got there the movie had already been going and so we had to like ask the guy working there to like start the movie over so then by the time was it just you two no there was like 10 of us in the theater maybe okay but i would say more than 10 there were like a few families maybe tw- a couple uh, no more than a couple dozen yeah so but, no, nobody else had seen the beginning of the movie no yeah we had all gotten there to see jungle cruise and there was only one person working um and because the power had blipped it like messed up the the projector and so whenever we had gotten our um tickets and refreshments we were going into or erica was going to go get our seats in the theater while i was waiting on something and um she she came back out and said yeah the, the it's in the middle of the movie like so we we informed the guy that was working which is really sad that it was only one person working Wait, the the ticket counter and the projection between the two between those places there was one person. In the entire theater, the entire there was one theater. person working. Luckily, on a Friday night at eight p.m., which is like so sad that the theater can't get more people to work on the like that's like the biggest time you need people. Working. I feel like that could be a safety thing too, like to at least have two people there to. Yeah. Watch but the till. One, I, I, we were all going to see the same movie. Nobody was seeing anything else. So I tell that story to say I couldn't tell if the movie felt long because the, we started watching it so much later than our ticket time was, or if it really was a little longer than it needed to be. It was probably a combination of both. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think it could have been cut down by 15 or 20 minutes and it would mm-hmm. have been full. Yeah, I felt like there was some weird like editing and cinematography choices that may not have been there 15 or 20 years ago. I can't think of any specific. Uh, it, they scene. definitely couldn't have done it mostly on a soundboard twenty years ago, right? Um, they would have had to do, do on the on location or like on some river and convince us that it's the Amazon, like or a bunch of sound stages that look, you know, not green screen but actual sound stages with a bunch of water. Yeah. So is it a good thing that modern filmmaking looks old or I don't know, probably not. I don't know. It's tough to say. I I feel like it's funny if it was 20 years ago, I think the rock still could have been cast as skipper. Mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. But I don't know who would have been like the Emily Blunt character. No, yeah. Uh, it's funny you mentioned The Rock from twenty years ago because, like, I was asking Chelsea what her first Rock, The Rock movie was, and she's like, I don't know, maybe uh, the Journey to the Center of the Earth or whatever that's called. Mm-hmm. And I said mine was a movie called The Rundown from two thousand three, <laughs> and it also takes place in a jungle. So mine was yeah. Walking Tall. Mine was The Game Plan. such different experiences (laughs) but he was in um one of the mummy movies wasn't he he was the scorpion king he was the the mummy returns yeah all comes full circle (laughs) 
But yeah, I mean, if I had to give a score to this movie, um, I'd probably give it a 6.5. I would give it a 7. I'd give, I give. I was thinking 6. Because like, while I was watching it, it was entertaining, but I woke up the next day and I was, I, I, it was like an hour and then I was, then I was like, oh wait, I saw a movie yesterday. And if I really like a movie, I feel like I'd be thinking about it the whole time and just kind of wake up and have that glowy, good movie feeling. Right. That's fair. So collectively, we give this movie a 6.5. Um, yeah, I think, I do think it's a pretty forgettable movie. I probably won't watch it again until like, I don't know, maybe I'm a parent and we're just hanging around one weekend and like the kids want to watch something on Disney plus and they're like, Oh, look at this movie. It came out when it came out when you and mom were engaged. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I, I can't see myself watching it again in yeah, the next, not, like, five or ten years. it's not a movie that I'm like, oh, I cannot wait to watch it again. There's lots of times where I leave the movie theater and, like, oh, I feel like I need to watch that again. But yeah. Like, you know, like, either so I can get more of it or just because it was so good they want to, like, relive it. But that this wasn't one of them. Yeah. Here's a question. Like, this is, like, I, I don't know how much we need to contextualize our viewing, but... This is my first post-pandemic, well, sorry, post, yeah. Uh, this is my first movie in the theaters since March of 2020. Okay. And this particular movie has been delayed for two, almost two years. Like, it was and... supposed to come out in 2019. Oh, wow. I don't think I knew that. I didn't know that. Yeah. So... How do you do? You guys think this would have done well in 2019? And I think it was supposed to come out in the fall, or does it seem like a summer movie, summer action? I think it seems like a summer movie. It does to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's one of those kind of rare movies where, like, maybe the delay was good. Mm-hmm. I don't understand necessarily why I was delayed an extra year. I think it would have been done fine if it had gone straight to Disney Plus, like as the. Well, Disney didn't release anything that was premiered. Well, they did what Mulan last they year. Did, they did Mulan, but they didn't do much. They tried. They tried to delay their bigger blockbuster movies. I thought, or the ones they really wanted to be in theaters. Yeah, I think I think this movie would have done as good. Maybe not as good as Mulan, but I think it would have done fine because I mean the rock sells like yeah. yeah. This would have um, been great last summer too. Yeah. Because yeah. nothing came out last summer. Oh no. No, no, no. <laughs> um Yeah, I I guess I didn't realize uh because Mulan came out I guess early summer twenty twenty and it was See, the first premier axis. It was supposed to come out in March of 2020 and then it came out in the summer august or september maybe oh yeah 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 it was like so late summer Mm -hmm. um yeah i think i mean it's hard to speculate um speaking of viewing experiences alex have you heard of 4dx uh no no is it anything like uh 
box. I don't know what that is, but I'll, I'll, I'll explain it to you and you can tell me if it is. Um, so at Regal Theaters, um, they have a new 4DX experience and it's like, it's kind of like Big D with the biggest screen, okay. but it also has like um, sensory effects. So like there'll be like, if there's wind in the movie, like the, the air will blow a little harder. Um, there's like little spritzers on the back of each seat. So you get sprayed with water a little bit. Um, there's like a little gust of wind that'll blow on the back of your neck um, for certain parts of the movie and the, the seats will like shake. So like when the boat was like rocking, the seats would rock too. Um, And apparently they've spent like a ton of money on this. And um, the people at kind of funny reviewed this reviewed jungle cruise and they saw it in 40 X and they were kind of split. But I think it'd be fun to go see this at a 40 X theater. Yeah, that's a little bit like D-Box. D-Box just shakes your chair. Um, but apparently with movies with snow in it, they have like a like a snow effect. And I really am curious about that. Um, but I wonder if any of our Regal theaters around here have 4DX. Yeah, we have to look into that for sure. Could you just imagine how ridiculous that'd get? Like, you're watching a Fast and the Furious movie and somebody slices open a car or whatever they do and like oil sprays all over you and then <laughs> something lights on fire and you're like ah my hair the seat gets really hot like, yeah the seat gets really hot <laughs> but yeah i mean i'm sure those are like 20 dollars a ticket mm-hmm. it's so expensive but i think it'd be fun for the right movie yeah i feel like i'd not maybe not wouldn't want that my first viewing experience yeah, yeah. I, that was the, what's that the, the person on kind of funny that didn't like it said the same thing she, she was like um i i wish that i had seen the movie just regular first and then maybe had gone to see it with the 4d 40 mm-hmm. act mm-hmm. um yeah. i would advocate for more recliners in theaters we have or the theater we went to had recliners. Um, I think, I think next time I just might bite the bullet and go to the the theater that's in Tucker. Yeah. The movie tavern. Yeah. I feel like it. I don't know. I've not been there, but I feel like it might have, might be better. I've been there once or twice, and I don't remember if they have recliners or not. I really don't because they have like a little, little table in front of you to eat. Ooh. So I can't. Imagine there also being a recliner, too, because I feel like you would kick it. Or we could just come up to the Regal up here. That's true. (laughs) But, yes, um, do we have any other thoughts or impressions of this movie? No, uh, I guess the only other one I had was, like, to a certain extent, it didn't matter what I saw in theaters. It was just nice to see a movie in a theater again. Very true. Very, very true. This was, like... It was a good movie to see in the theater. Like, you know, a little forgettable, but, like, I wasn't offended that I saw it in the theater. Right. Did you did you get, like, popcorn and stuff to, like, make yeah. the theater? Yeah, we did, too. Yeah. yeah. Popcorn, drinks, candy. I won't tell you how cheap our tickets were, either. Cheaper than ours, probably. 
<laughs> yep. But, folks, that brings us to the end of our Jungle Cruise review. Catch us next week. Wait, did we want to talk about next month's first Oh, run? yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna get there. Oh, I'm so, bit, jumping ahead. Sorry. Sorry. The next the next few weeks, me, Erica, and another guest, potentially Maya, who knows? <laughs> Who's to say what will happen? We'll be reviewing High School Musical. <laughs> and then at the 1st of September, the first, well, maybe not exactly the first. I don't know exactly when it comes out. September but, um, oh, yeah. So first week of September, we will be reviewing Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. So our new thing is new movie once a month, and then we fill in the other weeks with a movie series. Um, so yeah, that's that's Weiss Camera Action. Can I say really quickly, get ready for some reckless grading on the High School Musical movies on my part. If I give something an 11 out of 10, just let it happen. Okay, that's all. <laughs> I will compensate. Oh no. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> But yeah, that this has been Weiss Camera Action, and we will see you next week. No, you won't. It's a podcast. <laughs>